Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast all about video games and beer. I'm Ben. I'm here with Adol. Hey. Hey, dude. How's it going? There we go. Uh, uh, it's reading week. I don't have to teach. I took the weekend off. Nice. And that's, uh, basically, I didn't, didn't really do much today either. <laughs> um... So, uh, 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 yeah. So, but other than that, things are good. good. Uh, I definitely needed it to break. Mm. I was going a little hard in uh, in the social life while having a really, really busy work schedule. So, I've been looking forward to having to work on other things. Yeah, having a bit of a rest. Yeah, except not really, because I need to finish my PhD corrections. Oh yes, right, right change chapters into articles and apply to jobs because I can't do all that when all the work is on. So yeah. this week is actually supposed to be super packed with other things. Mm. Just different things. Yeah. Anyway, uh, how about you? How are things? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. A little, little lighter in the pocket than I was earlier today. There's lots of fireworks going on. Splash, 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 splash. So everyone's going crazy, wanting to constantly look out of windows and things, which is, which is fine. That's what we've been doing mm-hmm. for our evening uh, in the last couple of days. But yeah, apart from that, Pretty good, pretty good. Should we crack into some beers? Let's. Good. What are you going to drink first? Uh, I'm going to drink um, this beer. Ooh. Northern Monk's IPA that happens to be gluten-free. Yep. An homage to the origins of IPA and the evolution of the style. Piney, juicy, and crisp. The evolution of tradition. It's called uh, Origin. Um, and it's 5.7%. Um... Yeah. Where did you find I'm that? Supermarket? Uh, no, not supermarket. It was in Corks. Okay. And I had bought it because a friend, uh, one of my housemates said a friend was coming over who was gluten-free, and I was like, oh, hmm. I'll just pick that up since I'm here the last time I went to the shops. And then they never ended up having it, so I was like, oh, it's in the fridge. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah. Nice, nice. I suspect that it's not going to be notably different than an IPA. Um, I've had it before. Did I remember much about it? Probably not. I may remember as you're as you're speaking about it. Uh, what am I going to drink first? I got two beers. I've got a slightly higher strength porter, uh, coffee porter, and then a vanilla stout. Um, there's only 0.2 percent within it, so I'm going to go for the high, slightly higher Baltic porter first. This is from Sorry Brewing from Tallinn. Um, it's a coffee gorilla Baltic porter. It is a seven percent, and it does have some flavour text. So this suggests two Finnish craft beer rebels, Pyri and Hiki. I don't know. Voted with their feet against the ludicrous legislation. Jesus, against the ludicrous legislation, and started the crowd-funded brewery in Tallinn, Estonia, on a mission to brew beer without compromises. A- Okay, yeah, that's about them. A yawn is a silent scream for more coffee. Brew with six different malts and smooth espresso. Now it's possible to drink beer and coffee at the same time. This must be the future. Pair this beer with everything chocolate. Enjoy it 12 degrees centigrade from a glass. Now brewed 
gluten-free and vegan without affecting the flavor. There you go. So this one's also gluten-free as a completely random thing that we've both done. <laughs> and by that you mean meticulously planned. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. How is your beer? How's it look? Uh, it looks remarkably like an IPA. Mm. Uh, a little hazy, kind of more yellow than I might have thought. I, I don't know if you could tell because I've got pretty orangey yellow lighting in the room. But yep. like looking at it, it's 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 more yellow than straw. Yeah, it's got a little kind of like a lemony straw. If that makes sense in the yellow spectrum. Mm. Um, nose is actually quite light. Um, I'm getting a light citrus, a tiny bit of pine. Um, hmm. I'm not quite sure what the... can't quite get the citrus down to something more specific. Also, a little under the weather, um, so you might hear that in my voice, but also, let's... it'll... In, we'll see how things taste. It just impairs slightly. Mm -hmm. Hopefully not. Hmm. Oh, that's got, that citrus is there. It's got a nice little tang to it. Really effervescent mouthfeel. Um, again, that citrus is there. Mm. Uh, I think this flavor text said something about pine, but the pine is really light. It's just um, shows up, you know, after the four, first taste and then just sort of lingers a little. Again, really light, so I don't think, it, I think it's just stable. And then as everything else fades, you're like, oh, a little piney. And then it fades reasonably quickly, and then you're just left with a slightly dry bitterness at the end. Mm. Um, so, you know, kind of what you want from an IPA. Um, uh, I like that its finish is, is not too strong, but it's lingering. Um, and that it's while it's a little dry, it's not so dry that I'm reaching for the, uh, the glass again. Yeah, okay. Uh, how's yours? Um, it smells really nice. It's got something to it. It's it's, it's not coming off as a huge amount of um, coffee on the nose. It's definitely there. But it's very light, like a light roasted nose to it. But there's something else. There's sort of this. I don't know whether it's maybe um, some of the um, yeast they've used. It's it's possibly just that a little bit kind of estery, a little bit sweet on the nose from that. Um, obviously, it's a porter. It's very very dark. Um, it is it is completely black in fact um, nice mm. sort of light brownish kind of head on there which sticks around a little bit but yeah it's got a lovely nose to it mm. and flavour wise wow that's really easy mm. um, it's not quite the you know maybe not quite the big hit that you would think about with maybe something like 7% or 7% porter you know it's a little bit lighter it's got a slightly smooth but quite uh, thin mouthfeel um, to it, mm. it goes back very very easily and then you almost get that, that slight sweetness right at the beginning and again really hard to tell what that slight sweetness is in there but it's really uh, it's a nice pleasant first hit and it then mellows into this lovely roasted coffee. And just that just sits, has a slight hint of bitterness towards mm. the end. Um, but those two flavours kind of having that sweet hit and then it just flowing into that, that coffee, that really roasted and then bitter on the end coffee, 
is really nice. That works very, very well. But I want to know what what is the sweetness? What my what's in this that is doing that? Uh, I know they said they had a, they got a lot of malts in here. They do list the malts. It says contains barley malt, wheat malt, rye malt, and oats. Okay, they're probably just the allergens actually, because uh, it did say about it did say five, six different malts. Um, yeah, so it doesn't actually tell me the full list of ingredients on it, which is fine. Is what it is. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's it's it's very easy. It's very nice sort of um, beer to start a, a, a nice dark evening off with as well. Yeah, the weather's definitely <coughs> excuse me uh, gone gone proper cold as we talked about last week. Uh, it's not as cold as it was at the height of last week, but um, it's you know it's that that horribly wet chilly here in Bristol. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, uh, leaning towards despite starting the day with with an IPA, I'm yeah. leaning towards heartier um, beers is, is is sort of um, starting to become my mo. That's what I'm trying to say. Good lord, losing my words. <laughs> right, I think I need to take a break for a minute. I think I just had a bit of a technical hiccup, so we'll be back oh. in thirty seconds. And we're back. That definitely wasn't 30 seconds for you guys. It was a little bit longer for us. A little technical hiccup. But we're over. We're done. We're good. And we're drinking beers. So let's move on to our first topic of the evening. Oh, yeah, that thing. Yeah. I was supposed to do a thing. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, uh, we, we talked a bunch about Blizzard last week. Mm. Uh, and um, uh, so since then, uh, Blizzard... Um, released uh, an apology mm. of sorts um, roughly we didn't live up so we moved too quickly in our decision and then to make matters worse we were too slow to take talk with all of you we didn't live up to the high standards we set for ourselves we failed in our purpose uh, this is CEO uh, what's his name um, sorry president uh, Jalen Brack uh, he also said um you know, things like, um, I'm sorry, accept accountability. What exactly is our purpose? BlizzCon is demonstrating blah, blah, blah. Um, and then basically pivoted the apology to talking about how what BlizzCon is about and how great the community is, and that, <laughs> that's what they value. That's essentially... Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, nope. And then it basically he said that, that BlitzChung, the... the um, the streamer who said the thing about Hong Kong, uh, Free Hong Kong, uh, his on-stream statements were against the rules. Every every voice matters, and we strongly encourage everyone in our community to share their viewpoints in the many places available to express themselves. However, the official broadcast needs to be about the sermon and to be a place where all are welcome. In support of that, we want to keep the official channels focused on the game. Mm. Yeah. It's not really an apology, um, is it? It's like it's a it's a it's a weird apology. It's kind of an apology to the wrong people. Like it's not uh, an apology to the people that were banned. It's an apology to kind of the f- fans the, who are there yeah, anyway. We're sorry you're mad at us. Who are still going to play Diablo Four and all Overwatch the other games 10. anyway? Like, yeah. Ugh. Um. Ugh. Yeah. It's it's really disappointing to have a non-apology. Yes. Yeah. Uh, after this much time. Hmm. 
Um, one thing that's super important is in the apology, they didn't actually mention the incident or Blitzchung or anyone. They just sort of said, we acted, we didn't explain what the decision was. They literally just said, we're sorry for that thing. <laughs> and it was only in an after, like the, the thing about Blitzchung uh, was, was an, a not part of the official apology statement. Yes. Yeah. Other, other commentary. Uh, yeah, it's just real disappointing. Um, because it's clear that they are just—it's a PR thing. Absolutely, they have said nothing remotely close to what counts as an apology. And we get this um, a lot in in gaming when people do something wrong or a company kind of transgresses in some kind of way. They they seem to come out and sort of say, "We're sorry, we did a thing. We won't do it again, but we might do it again." So, you know. Eh? And it, it, nothing ever really feels just doesn't feel very truthful. Doesn't feel like it. It, it actually comes from anything more than just needing to say something. They had to say something, so they decided to say the easiest thing they possibly could. Really, yeah. It's it's like it's like when you see a bad relationship and the couple has a fight because. One of them's done something real stupid, mm. and they basically say, "I'm sorry, you're mad at me." <laughs> ah, it is right. Yes, it is. It's that's that, exactly what it is. It's like, well, that's not a good apology. Uh, you're not actually sorry for what you did. This is terrible. This is unhealthy. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's uh, it, it it it's just uh, and and like the the later comments and. Um, Brack just uh, did an interview with PC Gamer that I'll talk about in a second. But the later comments about the specific thing are just so disingenuous. Mm. Every everyone's every voice matters except for this voice that's speaking about this cause. Yeah, literally, that's not how universal quantifiers work. Yeah, I think he's trying. What to... you're saying is no voice matters. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to hear anything about anything. That's different. Mm. Like. Sorry, you were saying. No, I was going to say almost exactly the same thing. Uh, it's just you can't if you if you exclude one voice, then you you just then it's not all all voices. You don't, it doesn't matter what you what you're saying is meaningless. It means nothing um, by excluding this this one voice and essentially saying, well, all voices matter, but not here. Yeah, not on this official thing. Only where you want to do that yourself away from us and not to affiliate yourself with us or use our stuff for any kind of purpose and it, it just plays into what we were saying previously around the idea of um, you know blizzard uh, caught in china and the markets uh, and that sort of thing really um so it, it's just again as you say it's a very pr kind of way of of going about things to try and appease kind of almost all parties except obviously the ones that were actually affected yeah um yeah i mean if if you actually read what they're saying it's this isn't a place to have this type of opinion so so no voice is allowed here mm. so then when they say every voice matters what they mean is uh in other contexts, every every voice should have its own space. Guess what, Blizzard? You don't have control over those contexts, so then it's a vacuous expression. <laughs> just 
if you delimit things these ways, then you're saying, look, we would, we think we have the right to police what you're doing mm-hmm. outside of the game, and we're saying we won't police it. That's the only way that that isn't vacuous, is if they presume that they are granting this as a power outside of where they have power. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's, it, which is obviously not, well, not what they think, so it must be vacuous, right? Like, this is just... It shows how, how PR um, focused a lot of their messaging has been for a while, and it was just that their perceived wokeness was interpreted on good faith, and now it's like, I don't think that that good faith was uh, earned. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting to see, um, you know whether they've been using kind of like a third party kind of PR company, whether obviously they're part of Activision. Um, Activision are, are, are an absolutely massive company yeah. who you would imagine would have their own PR, you know, on top of Blizzard's own PR. Yeah. And whether this is worked through so many different levels of, of PR kind of people just to ensure that there is like a very unambiguous non-apology while still trying to sort of like placate you know their their main audience i suppose the people who are going to then buy diablo 4 and overwatch 2 and all these other things that we have yeah um so just to just to show that we're not over interpreting things just gonna say Hmm. a brief thing from the pc gamer article yeah interview um and the, so the official broadcasts are about the game not about the and so it wasn't about the content of blitz chunks message it was about the like basically the type of the fact that it was a message and not about the game mm-hmm. quote if we hadn't taken action if we hadn't done something you can imagine the trail that would be in our future do, around doing interviews they'd become times they would become times for people to make a statement about whatever they want to or whatever issue that's just a path that we don't want to go down. We really want the content of those official broadcasts to be focused on the games to keep that focus. Okay, go fuck yourself. That's a slippery slope argument. Absolutely. That is totally unfounded. Yeah. It's just the, the the sleaziest thing you could say is, we had to do this because think of the possible world where people did this all the time. How about you don't punish the person because this was unprecedented and no one had done it before. Yeah. And then you say, look, this isn't appropriate. So from now on, people, this is the type of suspension you can expect. Yeah, absolutely. That would be a grown-up, mature way of doing it. Mm. Not being like, well, what if he did it? What if everyone else did it? So we had to be mean to him. Absolutely. And it's you can see them trying to, to, to work it into a way of like, oh, well, you know, what if someone said something that was really offensive or... Or, or backed fascism, or did you know did something in some way? We're gonna, we're gonna, this is the way we're gonna do it. But if someone had turned around and be like, "Hey, love everybody," they weren't gonna, you know, that's a message. That's a very clear statement from somebody on how they feel about things. They're not gonna ban oh, actually, that person, are they? They definitely have to. In fact, it'd be really they, well, interesting they, if you they went would back have and to. See yeah, absolutely. Said, I love all you, or yeah, like anything that's sort of vaguely about the community but not about the game. If you see those statements. It previously unpunished that then you we should listeners go look to see if there's that's the case and then fucking tweet them shouldn't this person have been banned absolutely yeah based on your own statements this person yeah, should be banned for life from whatever game you do yeah. oh yeah, anyway. more big companies just doing what the fuck they like yep well not quite what they like what they think they have to to get the monies. Well, yes, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. 
just like um, the world governments of the world. Anyway, we don't make political statements on this podcast whatsoever. No, we are the Ubisoft. Oh, <laughs> <podcast>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Every obviously everything um, we say is not political. Nothing at all. Fuck the conservatives. Um, <laughs> so should we should we move on? Should we move on a little bit? Epstein didn't kill himself. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think we should. I, yes. I just It's one of those things we don't usually double down on topics, but, I mean, I, I think this, this was a, a big deal. It showed, and, and, yeah, it was worth talking about simply because it, it's like I, this new dimension is so stupid. Mm. And, like, obviously, like, just so brazenly um, corporate. Yeah. Rather than, like, maybe human. Yeah, I think we could... We could probably, you know, all, all of our segments seem to sort of drift in and out of, of episodes. We never really have continuous segments. They kind of just come back as, as they kind of happen. Yeah. I think Corporate Corner could uh, could make an appearance oh, kind of every one. every now and again where some corporation has just been been awful to, to people and then come out and said, well, we're sorry that you think this. Yeah. Buy our games. Um, speaking... Speaking, actually, of this, I've been playing a game that ties in quite well. Um, I've started Telltale's The Walking Dead, the final season. Another corporation that didn't do quite right by its employees uh, many, many months ago now, actually. Um, So, um, we talked about that before. I kind of just want to talk about the game a little bit today. So, um, so did you, you've played all the previous seasons, yeah? No, no. So this is yeah, okay. I played. I know season, you played some of them. Yeah, I played season one and season two, and that's um, where I I fell off because they were on season one and season two were on PlayStation Three, which is where I played them. Right. I don't know why I didn't. Maybe just because I didn't think about it when I got rid of the PS Three. I didn't back up any kind of um, save data. I don't know even whether it would have come across into the newer versions, or at least the PS4 versions, to know right. whether my con- the consequences of my decisions and actions would have carried over anyway. Um, right. So uh, I didn't pick up um, Season 3 when it came out, and um, I did pick up the final season, uh, pre-ordered it in fact, because I got all of the previous games... Uh, for free, I think it was, and it was about it's about twenty quid for basically all of the um, Telltale Walking Dead games, and that includes the Michonne right. um, little episode thing that they did as well, which I haven't played either. But uh, the final season um, kicks off with with Clem and AJ, and I kind of knew a little bit of what to expect going into it because I'd seen a few sort of playthroughs and interviews and things about it when it was kind of first revealed and um, saw a few people kind of playing through the first sort of um, area, I suppose, or at least the first kind of few scenes. So I kind of knew what to expect going into this. Um, What I didn't expect was um, how it actually starts you off by recounting the previous seasons. Um, It just just hits the, the major points, and it actually makes you make a few decisions in that. 
So, um, you know... Oh, that's a nice compromise for not having the same Absolutely, data. yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, it basically sort of it goes through and you get to that, that final point in Season 1 where you're Clem, you're stood there with the gun and Lee is essentially dying. And it says, did you let Lee turn or did you shoot him? And I, I know that in Season 1 I shot him. And at least in all of the yeah. decisions that I made... Um, on the season one and season two kind of recap, I picked, or yeah. at least I picked what I thought I had picked. Right. Season three was a bit different because I know nothing about season three, um, which is a bit of a shame, and I'll get onto that in a minute. But as soon as that question popped up about Lee, I just felt it hit me. I'm like, fuck. That, that is, like, stuck with me. That is absolutely stuck with me. And it's another kind of moment, you know, almost the same sort of thing as um, when Sarah dies at the start of The Last of Us. It was like those... Spoilers, I haven't played it yet. Um, <laughs> absolute... Um, yeah, that's fair. So uh, it, it's kind of like those those moments. And both of those happened before I'd had a kid. And I don't know whether mm. they've kind of resurfaced now because I'm thinking, oh, fuck. Like, actually, you know, relating to characters and, and, and stuff in a, in a little more of the actual relationships that I now have, um, which is possibly why it's now kicked back up. But so I'd started I started this game off already on a on an emotional kind of high. And mm. as I'm kind of recounting through the other seasons, it's it's stuck with me and i I can feel it in my throat and in my chest. I'm like, fucking hell, this game is already it's already got me. With something that happened years ago, I'm already straight back in. I'm already straight invested in this. So um, the thing that's kind of pulled me out a little bit is not playing season three, because right. um, because it, it relates, or at least from what I know of the recap and of season three, it relates quite heavily. You're you're Clem, and you're looking after a, a boy called AJ, and I think uh, well in season two, you 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 start to look after AJ um, as he's a baby, and some things happen, and you get separated, and there's a big thing kind of at the end of that about AJ not being there or being um, like just just someone's discarded him. So there's a big fight about it and things like this, but he's not, and Clem gets him, gets him back, and, and ends this ends the season with him. I think that's how you have to end a season, I would imagine, um, as he is then carried on through through the game. Right. But I kind of I, I I've then got this as I'm playing through the final season. I've got this connection to Clem. And I absolutely, kind of every decision that she makes, I'm like, right, I really need to think about this. Like, how how am I going to play this? You know, I have that connection with her. I want to kind of do the best by her that I can in the situations that, that, that come up. But I don't have that connection with AJ. And I don't know whether, if I'd have played season three, whether I would have that connection with AJ. And it's quite an interesting kind of thing to play this game thinking, well, sometimes I've got to make decisions for the, you know, Clem would be making decisions for him but i'm kind of making decisions for clem like what's best for her not necessarily what's best for him and oh, her i see yeah um so yeah you you're viewing yourself as as like directing her yeah not playing as her yes yeah exactly yeah so it, it, it's kind of that's that's kind of pulled me away a little 
bit. Not a huge amount, not a huge amount at all. Um, and uh, it, I mean, it's, it's lots of different ways that it's kind of keeping me and, and pulling me through. Like It's written very well, as all of the seasons of The Walking Dead I played have been. Um, second one, not as good as the first season, um, but the final season does, it, it feels like it's picked back up. And it is written. It is written quite well. There's interesting characters. I'm pulled into the story. I want to know more about the people that I'm with. I'm. I'm. You know. I'm Clem, who is now late teens. I would say maybe eighteen, ninety, uh, maybe twenty, um, but around about that kind of age. So, and she's. You know. She's. She's. She's late teenager. She's badass. And I'm like yes. This is like it's such a it's such a, a a great point to put me back in as her, after having, you know, been a protector to her, then playing uh, then playing her kind of as a young you know as a very young girl and trying to relate to that to then have her at this moment in time at this age is really good to kind of see that all the way through, um, and the other things that keep me going are it's got some of the original score so I'm I'm getting hit by that as well like I pause it and like. Fuck! It's the same music. Oh, that just kind of like just hits you a little bit, um, and it looks absolutely fantastic. And it's something I knew after seeing some of the previews when it was first released. But they've managed to, and I don't know whether season three is the same as this because again, I've not really seen anything of that. But they've managed to change the kind of the artistic style, so the characters still look similar to how they did in the previous seasons. There's still that kind of comic booky, cell shaded ish kind of uh, aesthetic to them, but the backgrounds and the buildings just have this beautiful tone to them, almost as if they are are straight from a comic book page. You know, it's not a, right. a, a video gamey 3D ish kind of adaptation of a comic book. These look super layered, really deep. They use blacks in the most beautiful way. And it just looks phenomenal. And if you haven't, if you haven't seen um, the, the, you know, if you've not played The Walking Dead at all, then go and see season one and look at a screenshot of that. Try and find like a landscape or an outside sort of scene, and then look at a, a shot from season four, and you see like such a dramatic difference from the two of them. And I think that actually, it's it is such a shame that this wasn't able to kind of go any further in this kind of iteration or how this kind of looks now using this artistic style to to move forward with these kinds of games um, because it just looks phenomenal it's really really striking um, but apart from that it's a telltale walking dead game you're making decisions you can choose to take things go different places pick different things up choose to side with people uh, and do lots of various things that then affect the story, affect the relationships that you you have with people. Um, yeah. And it's I don't again I don't know much about the third season, but in at least in this one, so far everything has kind of, or at least I must be I think I'm through the second act of the second chapter or the second episode, let's say. Um, yeah. So I played the first episode, I'm about halfway through the second episode, and everything has kind of happened all in the same location. So you're at a school, or a, an old boarding school, with a bunch of kids, all the adults have gone, um, and it's just kind of like the kids running 
the school uh, or not running the school right. as such but just surviving and that is where they are staying um, and everything right. kind of happens in and around the grounds. So you go to the woods, which aren't too far away. You go down to the river, which isn't too far away. Uh, the first scene happens in a train station, which is uh, which is really close to the school. So everything has kind of happened around this location. And I'm kind of be interesting to see if throughout the four episodes um, that it does all stay around that you know single location or not. Um, I, you know, in the first season, you were moving around quite a lot. You went to a few different kind of like key locations. You know, you went to Macon. You were then at the the, the motel. In season two, you were moving around quite a lot. Um, and I, you know, this is sort of like a theme of The Walking Dead, isn't it? You know, they move around quite a lot. They find somewhere to stay, and it all goes to shit after you know a couple of months or several weeks or something. They then move around a little bit more, get displaced, go somewhere else, find somewhere to stay for a little bit more time, and then move on. So it'd be interesting to see kind of how that is dealt with within this season as well uh whether you know you get to the end and it is all just a shit show and everyone just has to leave or whether you've got a a, a nice nice um i suppose that's a very subjective word in the world of the walking dead uh, you have somewhere to stay essentially somewhere safe to be able to to live so i'm super invested um and i kind of just want to keep playing it Cool. Is that... now, how many episodes are there? I think there's four episodes in the final season. I think. And you're yeah, there two are in? there are there are four there are four episodes, and I think each episode has three acts. So and previous you're on act two. So I'm on act two of episode two. So I'm about a third of the way through the entire thing, yeah. um, or two fifths of the way through. I don't know. Um, yeah, I can't do that quick you. math in my head. Um, but I, I do remember that each of the previous, or at least season one and two, had I think five episodes, and they were split okay. into maybe five chapters per episode or something like that. And this maybe seems like a little bit more condensed, and that kind of makes sense right. based on yeah. the conditions that it was made under, um, yeah. and then um, sort of like the teams that were brought back on to do things. I, I'd like to see... Um, how uh, episode three and four you know relate sort of like lengthwise and quality wise because from my understanding um episode two was pretty much finished um when telltale uh, went bust right so i don't think there was a huge amount i think they they kept some people on just to finish it out and release it if memory serves me correctly maybe um so yeah there's there's so much about this game that i just want to 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 uncover and keep playing the story uh, the characters and the, the the quality of it the production around it and, and how that's kind of been affected by what what happened so yeah so in I can't remember the, what we call it now rabid reviewers something like that I used to have a term for it for for going over the reviews the yep. negative reviews in steam um I mean, most of them. The character of that it is like uh, weird bugs when it first came. The game first came out. Yeah. Seemed to be ironed out, um, and then stuff about to, like met, sorry things that Blizzard wouldn't allow you to talk about in a review because it's not about the game. <laughs> um, uh, but there is um, so we've got reviewer Pizza Boy with an eye uh, who says. Hmm? Pizza boy, as in boy. as in the boy that's in the sea. B-O-I. Or, oh, no, B-O-I. Boy, boy. Ooh. 
uh, said uh, F1 and 2 got big heart energy. F3 and 4 suck pee pee. Oh. The Steam review doesn't have a meh, so final verdict is no. Oh. Uh, and there's a couple, another person said, um, uh, Dakon says, the last two episode gameplay mechanics were just horrid. Could not even deal with it. Horrid. Oh no! Um, yeah, so that's why I was wondering where you were at, because if you were in Ep3 and were like, things are okay, then I wouldn't be too worried. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm not going to bother with the, any other reviews. Most of them are about, like I said, about Telltale. Yep. Um, but, uh, As you'd expect with the Steam reviews. I guess, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I just thought it'd be worth floating this to your attention, not to color it, but to warn you. I yes. Guess, that it might not be the best. Okay, that's fine. I'll still play it. Kim, Kim joined me about. Uh, well, she actually she joined me uh, towards the the last act of the first episode and has seen or has watched what I played of the of the second episode so far. And she's invested as well. She keeps shouting things at me when there's decisions to kind of be made and things. Um, she's she's a very good kind of backseat um, decision maker. She wasn't so good when we played Erica together. And I gave her the pad, and she had to make those decisions herself. And I just shut the fuck up and let her play the game. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but now I've got the pad. She's like, "Do this," or not even do this. She's just she would just shout the answer that she would like to say at the screen. And I'm like, "That's yeah, she, that is she, what I was gonna pick." And then I'll pick something else. She's like, "Oh, I I wouldn't have picked that." I'm like, I know you told me you said what you were gonna pick. It's fine. This is what well, I'm, I'm yeah. going to pick. I am driving. You choose not to drive. Would you like to drive? Exactly, and it's it would be interesting. I mean, to watch her play through just season four and see the kind of decisions she makes would be interesting. Mm. In how having no relationship to any of the characters at all, how that affects the decisions that she makes. Yeah, um, there's definitely a good experiment in there somewhere. Um, not that I'm actually going to undertake that. I don't think Kim really has the time to watch me play it and then or disappear well, now. I was just saying, I think you, yeah. you guys would be bored of that. Absolutely, game. yeah, absolutely. So let's move on from Telltale's The Walking Dead, the final season. Um, are you ready for another bit? Sorry, you cut out. Unfortunately, oh. are you ready for another beer? I am ready for another beer. Um, let me just. Oh, no. Pretend the laptop's not there. (laughs) Make space for beer. (laughs) Uh, That's a... Yeah. Uh, I got a lovely birthday present from really good friends of mine. Oh, who was that? Uh, Some jackass named Ben. (laughs) Uh, It's the Tuol Yulmalk. Yeah, I think it's Molk. I assume it... Yeah, Molk. Yeah, um, it is. Oh, yeah, it's an Imperial Milk Stout. Um, so, uh, Exvus is here, and Santa's brought some of his evil black Exvus milk. Watch out for this vicious elf spear, a 15% super tanker Imperial Milk Stout. <laughs> um, doesn't say much more, uh, than that, but it's too old. It's an Imperial Stout, and it's 15%. Yes. I can't remember the last time I had a. Fuck you, beer. <laughs> I also, I think as well, um, it's la- they haven't brewed any more, so I think it's last year's batch, which I think again was aged very slightly, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure. It doesn't say that on the bottle. No, 
but you know. Well, it's at least aged a year. Yeah, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I am going to. Um, I'm 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 drinking a stout as well, but this is Papa's Vanilla Stout. This is from Pin Pinikin. P y y n i k i n, Pinkin maybe from Finland. Um, there's zero flavor text. It is as I say a vanilla stout. It is six point eight percent. What have you done? What have you done? What have you done? Not spilt it. Uh, no, it's just it's just the the nose is like cascading through the air just on the pour to my face. <laughs> just, as you were talking, I'm like I can smell that. I'm, I was like doing a far pour, yeah, and then realizing that this is a really weird way to pour. It's just too high up, and then my pour was getting worse. And then I just by bringing it down, the airflow from that just made me smell the beer. Nice. Is it boozy? Um, is it a boozy nose? I expect it is. Um, yeah, it's 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 that lovely sweet. Um, it's almost sweet and cherries with hit me to be honest. Oh yeah, just like sweet fruity, like alcohol sweet, like just like yeah, like a like a fruity boozy waft. Mm. Um, look at that head. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. It wasn't <laughs> the best pour. Uh, I've got three fingers of it. No, two fingers of it. I can count. Um, but yeah, it's it's like I don't know. For those of you on the YouTube's, you can see. Tilting the head just doesn't quite move. <laughs> thick. Um, yeah, it, it's it's thick's the right. Um, it's also like black. Yeah, but the head is is more uh, brown uh, than the than the than the stouts you've been having. Or the mm. was it a stout last as well? No, uh, porter was the first one. Yeah. It was a porter. Sorry. Yeah, your porter and stout both had sort of. Fairly like white, creamy, slight yeah, beige. The 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 head on this uh, the head on this stout is a little browner than uh, than the, than the porter is. Um, it's getting close to yours, yeah. Yeah, my, but, my but look at those refocus. bubbles. They're there not they're not going anywhere. Actually, the resolution on the camera is pretty good to see just how big the bubbles are in this head. Yeah, and the fact that none of them are popping. I'm not sure what mine's picking up. to so not quite. There, oh, uh, there oh wait, there you go. Yeah, so it's similar, not, not as big, but also clearly thick. Yeah, lasting. Um, mm, head cam. Oh dear. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean that nose is just sweet, slightly malty, and again a slight fruitiness. Um, cherry's probably too strong. Cherry-like. Yeah. Fruitiness doesn't quite have that like that sort of. Unique tart fruitiness that uh, cherries has. It just kind of, it kind of reminds me of like a cheap cherry chocolate. That initial hit, just that initial hit of like, oh yeah, that's chocolate and fruit. Mm. Um, it, that's I think something something like something of that character is coming off in the nose. Nice, nice. Yeah. Get it down you, get it in you. Unless the head is is yeah. still too thick to penetrate. Uh. I was thinking maybe I'd wait a little. All right, bit. you you we'll, we'll come back. We'll come back to you. Um, this uh, this vanilla stout definitely getting that off the nose. Definitely hit with vanilla. Um, I'm wondering whether the Baltic Porter had a slight whether that was what I was getting a slight hint of vanilla perhaps because it's got a similar kind of uh, similar kind of nose. But this this vanilla stout the the vanilla is obviously turned up massively, so getting a lot of that. On the nose. Uh, thinking about it, the Baltic Porter isn't quite like this. So, 
Hmm. But it's got a nice nose to it. It is it is another big black beer with a little brown head to it. Hmm. It's just as just as smooth and and just as thin as the uh, the Baltic Porter. It doesn't have much sort of viscosity uh, to it. It's quite thin in the taste as well. I'm getting a lot of vanilla, mm. and then I'm getting a little bit more of a almost like a cheap cola kind of flavour to it. There's, okay. I mean, it is a vanilla stout, so it doesn't say there's any kind of coffee or anything else in with this, and I'm not really getting much more from it. It's kind of a vanilla flavour, a hint of sweetness, which kind of just feels a little bit, um, <coughs> kind of a little bit artificial. So you know, you could you could almost mistake this for a. Um, You could, you could mistake this for like a Captain Morgan's and cheap Coke that's been sat out for an afternoon. Um, okay. It does have a little bit of a little roasted note to it, kind of right at the end, hidden away. That you can you can see it's trying to come through, but there's just there's a lot of vanilla in this, and it, it, it is like dominated by by that vanilla. Um, right. Which is fine. I'm not a huge fan of vanilla in these kinds of instances. Um, I don't. I don't like. You know. I. I love rum. I'm not a man who likes vanilla in my rum. Why? Do you, do you like spiced always. rum at all? I like spiced rum. I do okay. like spiced rum, but just, just not. Just not the like vanilla. Not Captain Morgan's. Yeah. Not the ones that really lent into the vanillary kind of thing. Like Captain Morgan's used to be completely different. Until, uh, like, how old am I now? 35. So, um, 15 years ago, maybe a little bit more than that, Captain Morgan's and um, Morgan Spice Rum and a lot of the spiced rums used to be a little bit different. And a lot of them, Sailor Jerry's as well, a lot of them took on a little bit more of that vanilla. Sailor Jerry's more than anyone, actually. Um, A lot of them went really heavy on that vanilla. And I think that was to try and put it out to more of the market, make it a little bit sweeter, a little bit more palatable to a lot of people, and nah, that's not what I want from my rum. I want something completely different. If you want to know what I want from my rum, we did a rum episode about a year ago, just after, around New Year's last year, we did a rum, or I did a rum episode at least, because that's all I had to drink, fucking loads of bottles of rum that everyone gifted me for Christmas, which, please, do again, that's fine. Um, But it's just, yeah, this, this stout... It's just perhaps just a little too, too much vanilla for me. I think. You know, is that is that so? There's 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 sort of. I like vanilla, ah, mm. uh, but I hate, well, but I don't strongly like sort of fake vanilla. Right. So, like, is this that that sort of slightly? Yeah, like like that like if if you just thrown so fake vanilla is like you know vanilla extract. Kind of just, uh, or or worse, right? Where it's just yeah. so intense that it's like this is vanilla. Versus if you cook with something like vanilla bean, you just can never get that intensity because it just isn't concentrated enough. So, mm-hmm. is it that like powerful notion of vanilla going on there? It is. It is. I would very much say this is probably extract rather than anything else. Um, mm. 
that it's just I'm trying to see there's nothing on here that tells me again what is what is in this uh, apart from the the allergens that's about it um but i would think that yeah this is this is extract and and i don't know what it is about the rest of the um ingredients kind of coming together but it definitely has that kind of like that cola not even coke mm. cola you know diet supermarket cola sort of taste to it just that little bit of a little bit too mm. kind of sweet element to it which doesn't quite work i think for me mm, i'm going to drink it i'm not going to say i'm not going to stop drinking it can you drink yours yet you can yeah, yeah i can hey god um you know what it is mm. um that smell Ooh. Oh, God, that's... Thank you, sir. <laughs> Happy birthday, me. That is an excellent motherfucking beer. Good. Um. Okay, so I can feel that it's strong. Mm. Like, even after a sip, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that clearly was some alcohol. <laughs> but honestly, like, it, what gives it away is, like, the viscosity. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a really good solid stout it's it's got the um it coats the tongue uh so it's not that thick i mean it's thick but it's not like yeah i guess it's the thickness and the slight viscosity that coats the tongue and allows sort of every point of the tongue to get hit by that flavor um it's actually not it it's deceptively unsweet hmm. it's clearly strong it's boozy not not boozy but it's not super sweet. Like you sometimes you find in like, given that it's a milk stout, I was expecting like that lactose to be really strong yeah. and the sickly sweetness to come in. And it's, it, or at least I think maybe it's just the layers of the flavor are are really well balanced. So um, what I was gonna say about the the nose is it's like a cognac or a brandy. That notion of cherry mm. and, and booze. That's that's what I realized. Nice. Um, yeah. And it has those same like in the in the taste it's similar. Um, God, this is a really excellent. Yeah, so <laughs> I take it back. It's sweet. Second sip, sweetness just lingers. Um, after the four first taste, um, and again because it's coating my tongue, I think that first sip I must have just thrown back a little too quickly because now that it's on my tongue. It's sweet. It's boozy. Um, the fruits there are something like, again, like a, maybe like a, um, kind of like dried, you know, that, that what happens to the, the dried fruit is like, like, like raisins or dried cherries mm -hmm. or just sort of one step removed from, I think that's where I was thinking it's like cherry, but a step less. Yeah. So I'm getting that, that, that the, the notions of dried fruit, um, it's, Malty, but not overly so. Again, I, mean, I really like the idea of like something like brandy or cognac being sort of one of the base layers of this. Mm. Um, it's really, really excellent. Um, I really like it. I'm a little afraid of how quickly I might drink this 15% beast. Um, this is the type of beer that you don't need to reach for. Uh, it leaves you wet. The taste is quite long, the finish. Um but I want more than the finish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. Mm. Well, 
Should we should we move on and talk about something else? So you've you've got a little time between sips, so it doesn't go back yeah. quite That's as quickly. Probably. Yes. I know there was uh, something else you wanted to discuss this week, so we'll come yeah, back I to you. Move the laptop so that I can look at the thing. <laughs> which is, um, this is Lucy's topic, by the way. Oh, is it really? Maybe. Can I steal Lucy's? Well, she's not. Oh, there. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see what yeah, so Lucy's topic. Sorry, man, I'm slow. I'm already getting boozed up. Um, yeah, so Steam released a an update that was actually different than just bug fixes for the first time in a millennia. I mean, um, it's, it's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. And an, an actual full aesthetic overhaul. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I just thought we would talk about that. Um, I, well, before we talk about the details and what we think, I suspect the reason is because losing market share to Epic, they, the thing that people are really complaining about and have been is the lack of functionality and polish on the Epic launcher. Mm -hmm. So it makes yeah. tons of sense that they're going to double down on even if it's mostly aesthetics, just showing off. Like, look how, how look at these features. Look how great we are. We're the we're the only game store you should care about because we're fans. Yeah, completely. Right? Yeah. Um. So I don't even know how to describe these changes. Mostly, instead of everything's got a thumbnail, essentially. Um. I mean, and it's something you could do previously. So previously, yeah. you could list your games um, in the way that. Uh, not quite in the way that they've, they've done it now, uh, but you used to be able to have a thumbnail rather than just a list of, of them. You used to be able to have a thumbnail for each of the for each of the games, and they seem to have kind of like adopted that now as um, as the default essentially. Um, so with every alongside every name, there is a little thumbnail, as you say, and it's uh, it's made each of the entries a little bit bigger as well, so the text is a little bit larger. Uh, than they previously were, you know. Yeah, it's... so on the on the left hand side, yeah, because everything's got a thumbnail, even on the the just a list of games on the sort of menu left hand menu. Yeah. Because everything has a thumbnail, they've increased the size. You're right, and then the main view is also these sort of rectangular um, cover art of everything. Yeah. As the default view, uh, which is really interesting because most indie games obviously just had their widescreen thumbnail that the steam store needed mm. and so now the if you one thing i don't like is that they because that if that's the only art they have yeah it means that the they will just put that kind of four fifths up in the rectangle and then clearly generate colors as a background to make a cover but it means the actual title is really small compared to the other games because it's literally using maybe a quarter or probably less mm -hmm. of the real estate of the thing because when you have a cover art that's rectangular like um portrait uh oriented um as your default and then you're just slapping on a landscape orientation of the previous cover art and you're bound by the width and so they just fit that to the frame um so again there's like a fifth of the screen uh, of of the space on, on the entry above and then three-fifths below of just empty space. And yep. so you only have functionally can see the cover, the, uh, the widescreen old cover art in a really tiny way. And it's just, I like what they do with, like, dragging the colors out to fill the, the empty space, but I don't like that 
everything else looks so good. It's so polished looking. But then I, like, I'm just looking at my thing now. Like, I have a game called Arc Lash Legacy. And, mm-hmm. uh, and because their standard, like, their old Steam standard cover art is, like, a big face. Presumably that's Arc Lash. And then smaller writing. Now that it's, like, a tiny part of their their cover, I can't actually read it from here. Like, my, my laptop is less than an arm's length away, and I can't read it. And that's just a shame, because it seems like... Obviously, certain developers can have the big big cover art, or have figured out they should release that, but, like, going this big in a way that where your previous requirement doesn't work just sucks. So if I, the more indie games I have, the harder it is for me to look through my library. That's yeah, kind of I don't think it's just necessarily indie games. I think it's a lot of maybe older games that haven't been updated for, for quite a while. So to take a game yeah, that we haven't ever spoken about, Super Hexagon, um, that is obviously, it has yeah. this elongated, trying to fit yeah. into that portrait, um, you know, the old banner art to, to fit into this space. Um, banner art, that's the term I was missing, yeah. Um, whereas... You look at some of them, and I mean, they must have, some people must have, you know, these developers knew that this was coming so they could create these these thumbnails for the games. Um, I mean, two on my on my list, on my home screen now, um, right. which are, are very close to each other, Subsurface Circular and Quarantine Circular, and they look fantastic. Far Lone Sales looks absolutely beautiful, even as just that, as that image, as that portrait image for it. Her story looks like an old VHS um, cover, yeah. like a cardboard cover for a VHS. And that's kind of the aspect ratio they've gone for. It does look like almost like a VHS kind of um, ratio. Yeah, it's definitely, it. yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's even more um, rectangular than like modern video game covers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is, it is. And it, and it works well for, for a lot of the massive chalice. looks lovely. Um, yeah, her story, as I say, looks really good. There is a game, and I, I one of the things that um, uh, you know, you, you you know what's in your what's in your Steam library. Most people know what's in their Steam library. Uh, one of the games uh, that we've talked about um, is Frog Detective, and they've obviously updated their their thing because it's um, you know, the game is called The Haunted Island, a Frog Detective game, but on the thumbnail it says Frog Detective One. Grace Bruxner presents The Haunted Island, a frog detective game. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that text is tiny. It's really, really small. So Grace Bruxner presents and a frog detective game are in brackets and they're very small. And actually, really, the only thing you can read as you're scrolling through quite quickly is Frog Detective 1. Uh, but apart from these kind of like small issues, I think this new view, this new kind of screen, um, it presents itself in a really nice way. Um, and whilst it kind of shows you all of your games, it does then list above that, kind of as you go straight to your home screen, um, it, it gives a listing of things that are, that, that are new. So I think what's new updates from um, commuter, from posts on their pages. So actually the right. second one for me is City Skylines, and it's talking about top 10 mods and assets of October. Uh, it then scrolls down to recent games. So you can very quickly yeah. jump back into... Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Almost seven games listed, at least, or at least shown on oh, the on the I screen. Say, that I, I have. think it's more th- on recent games. It's more 
than that. I think that's just the only recent seven games. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, I can scroll across, and it, it is a lot more games than that. Oh, you... it's, it's probably about 15 in total, but I can see... Just on my screen straight away, the last right. kind of seven games that oh, I, I have. That I yeah, have sorry, played. I thought you meant the total list. Um, mm. Although for me, I've got Leaving Lindo. Uh, for some reason, it's the last one that's no, that's just new to the library, and mm. it's it's like because its cover art is in the banner style. Yeah, it actually takes the space of um, over two spots. <laughs> really, in, the, in that in the um um. Yeah, in the recent games, it just so it's like the full banner art, so, which take like if I had two of the regular, uh, like VHS style ones, it, it, I would have seven. But right now, I only have six things because this one's really wide. Yeah, which is interesting, and at least I think that's better to make it double wide for like the recent games versus just the general list. Yeah, so that's a nice touch that like I didn't. I'm glad they thought of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a little. T- torn on what's new mostly because i don't want to have the sales tactics in my library i yes. liked that that in the old way i just had the list mm. i'm looking at my library i don't need to know any of the things and the first thing i see is like especially on a small screen like the laptop like almost a third of the real estate on on the home screen is this what's new i and that's the home screen of the library tab right like mm. it's not the home screen of steam and yeah, I kind of don't want any of this garbage. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, have you had a lot of time to poke through? Um, I, I, I kind of have. And I mean, so they've changed. Uh, if you hover over a couple of the tabs, so store is the same, but library is different now. Uh, you, you essentially have yeah. home and you have collections um, uh, and downloads as well. Um, you know, collections taking you back used to, when to be you're, your filter yeah, categories. Yeah. So um, collections looks like something that would be quite nice. It's not something I've invested in or, or actually made any collections yet. But you know, it, it, it's nice to have some other way to kind of categorize different games. And so I used to do that a lot. Yeah. Um, I just so for example, like I've got a Call of Duty. So mm. there were categories before, and that way I yes, could just yeah. And I've got like an FPS category and other things, so I could just minimize them or like open. Go on the main library list, just collapse that and not deal with it, or open it up. And so, like, I've got Star Wars as a category as well, mm. you know, Lego. And what I like about the categories, or sorry, they're now collections, is uh, you, a single game can be in multiple categories. Yeah. So, like, the Lego Star Wars games are in my Lego collection and also my Star Wars collection. Mm. But that way, if I'm looking for a Lego game, I see that this is one of them. I'm looking for a Star Wars game, I see it's one of them. What I like about clicking on the collections now is then it just changes the whole, like, then you're just seeing the ba- the cover art of that collection. Like, if I click on COD, then I see the 15 CODs I have. Yeah. Um, uh, clicking on a game is the same. It gives takes you to the game page. Um, here's the thing I, I'm going to ask you to do. Sorry. I kind of hijacked you. Did you want to say anything else about collections? Uh, no, I was just going to, while she was doing that, I was just going to try and make a collection very, very quickly. Oh. Uh, just to kind of to, to, to see what you were talking about, essentially. Right, right. Um, I think I picked a uh, something that I don't actually have that many um, examples of to then put into a collection. I've only got one, and it's the older 
uh, landscape style fit into the portrait um, thing that I've actually thrown in there. So I'm not going to bother doing that. Um, I do like how so, home is now a big button and you can just kind of click that and it takes you back to that space. Um, I, I not, so I, while I don't appreciate the what's new um, row on home, I do appreciate the recent games just being there right at the top. I think, as you mentioned, that's just really handy. Yeah. Um, and then just having all games. But um, if you click into the search, yep. search something like Star Wars or Batman. Yeah. So it it's first of all you might notice that it's sort of as it's it's an auto complete oh, type so search it is. like it's already yes. going through. But I hit enter, nothing happens. I want my search results to fucking populate on the big screen. I'm still on the same. Yeah, that's re that's really frustrating. Yeah, I can see that absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, I just put in. Um, I was I was typing star. But I, I, I had typed star and it came up with, with a, a few games. So I deleted R and yeah. I just got STA. So a few more games come up. Yeah. Delete the A and ST. So anything yeah. with an ST. Oh, no, not even. It shows up. Yeah, it shows up. So uh, there's a lot of games. Like, there's a lot of games there. A lot of videos are listed. A lot of tools that kind of I've just randomly got. Yeah. Uh, on yeah, here, yeah, the like, tools and stuff I wish weren't there. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't mind, actually. But like. I I like the idea of auto populating the search results mm -hmm. dynamically instead of but the fact that I can't say I'm done with my search term and then see the results on most of the real estate is real frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I can see. I that. Can, it, um what would be interesting is um I'm trying to think of a um trying to think of a game. So I've um uh, what I what I uh, so another thing that I like about it is when you actually click into a game um it takes you to a, a page, a big page, about a game. Um, so I, for instance, have clicked into Cycle 28. Um, and it comes up, you know, there's a nice big banner on there. There's a big button which says play. It then tells me when I last played it, tells me the play time, tells me the achievements I've got. And then it runs down into sort of like activity and news, friends who've played, achievements, lots of different kinds of things. Uh, I, I like this. I like this kind of new way to sort of see things. You know, the play button used to be quite small, really. Um, you didn't have to search for it. It's still that big green, it's still that green button, but at least yeah. on the new update, it's a big green button. Um, what I would like a little bit more of, and it's something that you see on the Steam store page, is it gives you the information, tells you who the developer is, tells you you know who the publisher was and things like that. It would be nice if that was on here as well as sort of like one of the things that, that popped yeah. straight Instead up. Instead of having to click this tiny store page button underneath. Yeah, I mean... And you, wait for the whole thing to re-resolve. Yeah, you can. So there's, a, there's an information button over on the other side and it's about showing more details and that will bring up more details. It tells you what kind of game it is, whether it's got achievements, whether it's got controller support, cloud saves, so, wait, who's made it. That? So on the right-hand side, um, there is an I in a circle, an information button next to a manage and a oh, favorites. Yeah, yeah, okay. um, yeah, yeah. You can click that and you go. But the one thing I thought I would try and do, which I would actually, which I would really appreciate, is in the search terms, if I could yeah. search for a developer or a publisher and all of the games I had from them came up in the search. Can't do that. So yeah, that's a really good Cycle point. 28, made by uh, Pillbug Interactive. I've typed pill into the search, and the only game that comes up is uh, Pillars of Eternity. It would be nice if I had games, Pillars of Eternity, 
developer or publisher or however that you know just just that additional well, in, criteria to be able to search by would be nice well and they have the advanced filtering options so if i could, if you click on the advanced thing it'd be nice if you could although for some reason i can't right now. yeah well well you've got a search term in there you can't click on advanced filtering yeah that's really strange and dumb um but yeah, it, that would be a place where you could, like, I'm fine with it just in generically looking at game titles, but being able to use that search in the library page the same way would be really great. You're right. Um, I will say that if you look at the search results, to the right of it, because I'm all, I'm, I'm doing this all on this, the, the Mac, mm. I have three extra ways of sorting the search results. One shows an Apple, and it says, show only games that run on Apple. Oh, nice. Second one is sort by recent activity, which is a clock icon, which I'm assuming you have. Yep. And then the third one I have is show only ready to play games. They're installed or can be streamed. Um, which, if I click that, I only get Lego Batman the video game because my main PC has that installed. No, it doesn't, actually. That button doesn't work. <laughs> That's what I've just found. <laughs> so this, the, the clock works... Hang on. The Apple button doesn't work for me, nor does the ready-to-play game. Yeah. Yeah. What? Okay, let me just try the word super. Yeah, these buttons are fake. Yeah, absolutely. The only one that works is sort by recent activity. Interesting. We've now just turned into a review of the new Steam update, essentially, and a a walkthrough of our thoughts on uh, on the new Steam update, so... Oh, that's fine. That's fine to do right now, right? That's okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm liking it. Uh, I like the, I like the new change to it. Uh, one thing I kind of did want to kind of say is it, it, it almost echoes um, uh, Gog Galaxy 2.0 a little, um, in that um, that. When you click into that, that kicks up um, straight away at the top. Are you? With um, you're on that beta, right? Sorry. Yes. Yeah. It is Are in you beta. On beta. I am in the beta for it. Uh, yeah. That kicks up with uh, uh, three games, and I can scroll across for more. But three games recently played by me, and that list yeah. of games across collections, all of the things that I have added to this. So that's picking up my. Uh, it's picking up Epic. It's picking up GOG. It's picking up Steam. You play station so loads of you know all of my libraries that i have connected to this it's picking up so it tells me recently played and i think it should probably update oh i know why oh that's strange so it hasn't updated actually um it's it, the previous games it's showing me is the shijern greedful and batman and uh, they're only playstation games so it's not showing me anything additionally that i have played unless i scroll through but that has adopted a portrait style thumbnail system so everything there is in a you know a box art level kind of um, yeah. ratio, um, and then underneath underneath that it tells me different things. So underneath that it says how many games have been added to the to the, the large library, how many achievements I've uh, I've got through that, how many hours have been played, and then underneath it, it lists all of the games that have been recently added. Um, and then on the left of that screen, there's lots of different tabs. I can, you know, click into each of those different libraries. I can click into activities to see what I've done, you know, different achievements that I've got. I can look at any friends that are online, but that brings up a slightly that brings up another tab, as does Steam anyway. Um, and then it takes right. me, you know, which is just the which is just yeah. Um, 
So it, it seems that um, you know both of these systems, this, this, this update to Steam and Gold Galaxy 2.0, are moving to a um, moving a little bit to a a little bit different ratio for kind of the the, the art that they are showing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why we've moved to that sort of box art ratio of things you know i can see there's one over here because gog also says recently played by others uh, as steam now does as well um and it says luigi Mansions 3 red dead redemption 2 call of duty modern warfare planet zoo and hearthstone um they're the, they're the five that automatically kick up for me hearthstone right. you know has the little the word hearthstone at the bottom of the portrait and then the star logo which kind of isn't quite fully shown in the in the portrait view so you know how things are being cropped and used you know red dead redemption 2 very much looks like the front cover uh, or the box art for for the game luigi's mansion 3 is probably very similar modern warfare is probably yeah. very similar planet zoo a little bit different uh you know just logo slaps in the middle with a, 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 just a big picture as the background um I think that's kind of what I've taken away from this a little bit more than anything else is that we've, we've, we're changing how we're displaying our games yeah. and how we how we view them, how we see them, the things that draw us towards them, the the the, the logos and the images that that people will now be trying to produce to catch yeah, our gonna, eye and draw us in. Yeah, I think there, it's it's showing that cover art matters, and. I'm actually, I, I, it's kind of, I think it's, so normally one might think, oh, I'm surprised I didn't do more like a physical library type thing with spines, but then it's like, oh wait, you have unlimited space. Of course you, if you could, yeah, you kind of, if you had a bunch of things that had really good cover art, you would not want to just display the spine. So it kind of makes sense that you would have the full front on there, right? Yeah, it's almost more like a, a magazine rack. Where you know you can see the, yeah. the, the magazines laid sort of face up as you kind of present them. Obviously, it's not sort of layered in any kind of yeah, way, yeah, sort yeah. of over the top of each other at all. Um, you know, magazines um, very much have to have their, um, their their the name of the magazine and their logo like at the top of that space because of the way that magazines are kind of layered. Um, the interesting thing is things like the wish list on Steam haven't been updated, so still we're using that landscape. Um, image, um, so uh, things like I've just got like Telling Lies, Eliza, a short hike, stuff like that. That's on my wish list. That's very much all still in, um, still in that that landscape view. Um, it'd be interesting to see how those Telling Lies very much so, because in the landscape view, it's it's four, um, four square images of the of the characters uh, across the top. Of that uh, of that banner, and then telling lies, the logo, or at least right. the, the, the words underneath. So I'd assume they just they just turn it the other way, so they they stack down. But telling lies is very very horizontally um, illustrated on that. So uh, I think yeah, I'm finding a little bit more the uh, the way things are presented to us um, is, is what I'm kind of taking a little bit more from this. Um, I will say that uh, it's it, it's very clear that. Having the um, standard cover art is, I think, just, especially on older games, it's just whether you had that and you uploaded it. So 
I'm looking at. So I have most Final Fantasy games yeah. that you can get on the PC from Steam, and uh, three, four, four, the After Years uh, HD Remix, five, seven, eight, nine, all are old school. But then Final Fantasy thirteen. Um, is like a full cover art. Yeah. Oh, sorry, no, eight is a full cover art as well. Um, but thirteen two and Lightning Returns thirteen three um, are the old way as well. So it's clearly like at some point they're just like we have this cover art. We someone decided to put the the obviously the like disc console version cover art up on the Steam page, but it's. But then on the sequels, they didn't. Like, it's clearly, like, if we have it, well, we'll, like, clearly they're just searching for, is there this aspect ratio? We'll use that. Otherwise, yeah. we'll just do these weird things. Yeah, and like, I, I suppose it comes a little bit from, um, you know, uh, something like Final Fantasy VII and the older Final Fantasy games were on, were different aspect ratios, uh, you know, they would have had PC kind of analogs, which oh, would so have come this, out in sort of bigger box like, art things. But, but, like, CD cases are almost square. Yes. Slightly yeah. off square. And all these banners I'm looking at are full wide banners. Mm. Like Final Fantasy VII, for example, it's not like they just added black around it or white around it or whatever. It's cloud walking away, Final Fantasy VII. It does the full banner art. It's really nice, but also kind of impossible to read because <laughs> it's dark letters on a dark background. Yep. And like 13.2, it's got lightning for half of it and then like the character lightning. Mm. And then... The the Final Fantasy thirteen two is very small, and it's on some like weird effects. Hmm. Which, if it was this big, you'd be like, "Cool, this is Final Fantasy thirteen two. But when it's been shrunk and then put on this fake background sort of uh, portrait, just all I know is there's some girl with pink hair. <laughs> it's a game that somehow stars, I'm assuming stars or involves a pink haired girl. Yeah, and like uh, yeah, so it. Uh, this will all shake out is the big thing it's like going forward obviously everyone knows that they need to have good quality cover art yeah absolutely Um, yeah it's just kind of a shame that like it's so hodgepodge Mm. like looking at like a company like Square Enix even it's like the only two Final Fantasy games that um have full cover are happen to be 8 and 13 1 but that doesn't mean... Uh, I mean, double check. Yeah, so now the worst part is because I haven't updated my stupid collection called Final Fantasy, I now start searching Final Fantasy, and I'm like, oh yeah, of course. 12 I haven't... I bought since there. 10 and 10 2 I've bought since then, updating the collection. I can't see those fucking thumbnails to continue this conversation <laughs> because the search doesn't give me any results on that view. Yeah. So now I just have to fucking scroll to the F-I-N goddamn section <laughs> of my thou- fucking 1400 game library. Uh, yeah, at that point I started no longer having anyone's sympathy when I said that last line. <laughs> <laughs> Instantly out the window at that thought. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you're, when, you're, when you're almost at 300, like mine, you know, people people can see how you'd want to kind of, you know, stack those in different ways. Yeah, so 12 is also like that. And so is 15. 
Should we? Should anyway. we? Should we move on from this aspect? Is there anything else that you kind of yeah. that you, you you think about the, the the new layout like, or that you kind of would prefer, perhaps? <coughs> to be honest, my what I don't like is so like if you click, you're on home, and then you there's a button that looks with the four squares, right? That looks like it's so on Windows that button is changing your view from icons to big icons to list to detail view. Yep. It looks like it's doing that, but actually you click on it and it just takes you to your collections, which are already on the left-hand side menu. Hmm. I don't like that I can't go back to list view. Yeah. Or if I can, I have no idea how. Click home. Sorry? That just takes you back to the page. Yeah, home. So it's, it's like I don't have a choice but seeing it this way. Yeah, yeah. That's my biggest complaint. Although I was whinging about other things, obviously that that was just me being hijacked <laughs> and having too much of this fifteen percent beer. Too quickly. <laughs> uh, so harping on the same problem yeah. from different angles. But like the the actual problem I have is so like on on Windows or Mac, or like on my OS, there are certain folders. What I like about modern OS is is most folders I want detail view, so list of files and and a certain set of properties, mm. right? Just columns. Um, certain things like my pictures folder, I like that they default to medium or small sized thumbnails. Yeah. Because right, and and I like that you can just specify from now on. I want this folder to be of this view. This is a step backward because it's like. We're just going to prescribe that this is what you th we think is the best thing for you to view. Any of your collections, any notion of your library is now all you can do is look at these pictures. Mm. So, for example, me looking up Final Fantasy, given that I have to scroll through the whole library, if it was a list, if I could put it in list view, I would have to scroll way less because there's going to be more titles on screen. Yep. I click on the thing and then hit show me the pictures again. That'd be nice, mm. right? I could do that, now, yeah. But in general, like, if I know what games I want to play, I don't need to see the pictures. And taking away, especially for large libraries, that view seems like a step backward. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. And then someone's going to email us and be like, you're an idiot, you have to click on this. <laughs> More than likely, yeah. <laughs> Just tell you exactly how it is. Why doesn't this come with some kind of walkthrough? The first time it kicked in, I was like, here is this, here is this, yeah. here is this. Oh, well. Oh, we might have to call this episode Blowing Off Steam. Yay! Nice, I like it, it's good. Um, um, I will say, uh, I don't know if you've looked at the sort by, but they've added new columns, and I find that really cool. Yes. So you're on your home screen, you've got the all games. Holy fuck! Sorry, my all games number is changed. Oh. I don't know why, because um, I haven't bought that many games in the past X months. It now says 1,605, where a few months ago it was 1,404. Ah. Is this your humble bundle? Just No, because I haven't been kind of cashing in the codes. What's happening? Like, I literally, I, I don't know. Uh, so that's weird. Sorry, I'm now totally distracted by that. But um, sort by, they've got lots of so, nice things: alphabetical, friends playing, hours played, last played, release date, which I like, size on yeah. disc, and Metacritic score. Of course, they've they've fucking done it by that, haven't they? The top Metacritic. I mean, score, I don't mind that. No, I, I mean the top Metacritic score for the one uh, for my list is actually Civilization Four. 
Really? Yeah, ninety four percent. Oh, dude. dude. Um, Bioshock, Half Life, Half Life Two, Portal Two, Bioshock Infinite, Divinity Original Sin Enhanced Edition, Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim, GTA Vice City, then Civ Four. Yeah, that's fair enough. And then Company of Heroes, a game I've never played. <laughs> That's an interesting way to do it, though, actually, thinking about it. Cause I, I, I kind of like that. There's a game in the top, uh, uh, it's like 19th, um, Icy, it's called, um, which I haven't played. played all the rest of them, mm. but I haven't played I haven't played that one. Of Maybe course, a bunch I of mine, should. I, I'm, one second. I'm pretty sure your computer is putting my voice out to you, because I can hear it sometimes. Oh, really? I don't think I don't think you're just outputting to your headphone. No, it's only coming through my headphone. I can hear me. Oh, on like a delay at some points. Okay, that's strange. I, yeah, I don't know if it's doing both, but can you hear me? Oh, a little. No, a little, a little. Yeah, so we're that's, so I think it's it's when I've been yelling, <laughs> which unfortunately is half the episode. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, so, unfortunately, not everything has a Metacritic score, so I'm assuming it's just alphabetical after that. Maybe. I'm trying to find my... I, I want to know what my shittiest reviewed game is. Yeah. Oh, okay, but I will say this. Um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag has no Metacritic score? Yeah, it's very strange. There's, there's right. games that definitely should have Metacritic scores. Soul Axiom is my worst, but... I mean, like, you'd think Doki Loki Literature Club, um, mm. you know, stuff like that would. Kingdom, New Lands, Kingdoms and Castles, Knights of Pen and Paper. They don't have. Wow. They haven't reached so, out for. What's, what's your lowest number? 57. Aw, oh, man, I got you beat like something fierce. My lowest numbers, I have two at 38. Ooh. Do you want to know what they are? Go for it. Painkiller Resurrection. Right. Do you remember the Painkiller yep. season series? Yeah. And Painkiller Recurring Evil. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should we um, finish so, it there then for the week? Yeah, I think. Um, so yeah, I like the idea of sorting my friends playing, for example, that's interesting. Um, although Ten Second Ninja is the top of my friends playing list. Are they? What does friends playing mean? That they have played or they've played recently? Not clue. Yeah, because if it's they have played, then it's just games in common, and that's not a good. Mine story. is One Thousand and One Spikes. That's the top top game from friends playing. I don't own that game. Mm. And then lots of armor. Anyway. armor. Playing fucking Daisy Modern Armor Two anymore. Come on now. Yeah, I think it's. I, th I think it's just if they have played it. Rather yeah, than that's a bit recently. okay. So there's lots to be desired, I think, with this yeah. um, with this update. Uh, so there are thoughts on the new update. We may thoughts if they ever change it or update it some more. Uh, in general, a nice change, something good to to work with, yeah. something good to to uh, to um, to now kind of give you a different view. Of um, you know of your library and what you're what you what you've got to play and in general the fact that a lot of Valve's life for the past decade has been just amassing wealth and not doing much innovation yeah even if I have quibbles 
I'm happy that it's happened. Mm. And, and I think it's because the market pressure is because, like, GOG Galaxy 2 and Epic... Like, GOG Galaxy 2 is like, we can give you better functionality, and yep. Epic's making it clear that why people are fans of them is because of their current functionality, and I think those two pressures have made this happen, and that's really good. Yeah, and again, absolutely, I think yeah. I, I would be shocked if within a few months there wasn't a way to just get list view back, for example. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine that's probably their biggest um, biggest bit of feedback so far. Um, yeah. That they receive. You know, people, not everyone, not everyone likes change. Um, so, yeah, we should see. We should see. We should keep you updated and let you know our thoughts on any, any that come out for this. So, this week, Adol. You've had two beers. No, you haven't finished your second beer yet, but, but I yeah, but I've I've had two beers worth of beer from this beer. Yeah, I think there's a clear winner as well. Yeah, I mean it's there's no contest. Um, I will say the Northern Monk Gluten Free IPA Origin is a solid IPA. Yeah. It's doing just IPA things in a regular way, but given if one is gluten free, it's real hard to find any gluten-free beer, let alone a, just a solid craft beer entry. So I'm actually pretty happy that as a gluten-free beer, it's just mm. being quintessential. Yeah. Right, then it's like, I'm looking for an IPA. I can't have gluten. I can have this. It's an IPA. It's exactly what I think an IPA is. That's great. Nice. I mean, if we had access to a variety of gluten-free beers, then I'd like to see innovation or something different. But I think it's this is the right move, right? Just make yeah, it absolutely. clear the standard entry. Yeah. But yeah, so this um this birthday beer that's actually a Christmas beer. Oh, it's fucking excellent. <laughs> if you can find a bottle, definitely have it. Again, that like dried fruit sort of cognac brandy uh undertones of just this sweet um punchy imperial stout. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't it's clearly heavy. Uh but actually to be honest, I didn't wasn't sure about the the lactose, the milk stout part, but I think that added sweetness is what blends well with the fruits and everything else, and is exactly why um, it's deceptively 15%, somewhat paradoxically. Yeah. Because they've had that outer sweetness, it's the like alcohol sweetness is being masked by the other sweetness, and so you don't you attribute yeah, all sense. the sweetness to the one way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's excellent. Um, sorry, I didn't crack it when you were around so you could have a taste. It's real good. That's okay. It was for you. It was for your birthday. Enjoy it. How would you, Ben? So, for me, I think it's quite easily the Soroy Brewing um, Baltic Porter. Vanilla um, Stout was just a bit too vanilla-y, not quite enough stout for me. Uh, the Baltic mm. Porter did um, did a coffee coffee flavour very well and had that nice oh, bit of sweetness to start as well. Um led very well into the roasted and um, on the finish bitter coffee flavour um, again another gluten free beer as we uh, alluded to yeah. at, the, at the start of the episode um, so yeah it's it's um, it's one that I think I would very very easily up again um, to have as a you know maybe a if I wasn't drinking of an evening and I fancied one kind of like at the end of the night it's definitely one I would um, I would pick up just to have as kind of like an isolated sort of beer if you know what I mean um, yep. without it having to be kind of paired with anything or, or, or drank alongside anything that was coming before or after it 
Um, so yeah, very, very easy for me this week. I think I do have something else from the um, Pin Pinkin. Where are they from again? Pinkin. I'm going to say Pinkin. Uh, they are from Finland. Oh, sorry, yeah. P-double-Y-N-I-K-I-N. Pininkin. Yeah? Pininkin? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I think I've got something else from them, so I'm going to I'm gonna try that and see if it's... Um, hopefully this is just a nice little thing that didn't quite appeal to my tastes. Uh, right. So, yeah. They are the beers for us for this week. Uh, if you'd like to get hold of us and talk to us about the beers you're drinking, the games you're playing, what you think about Steam, if you're using GOG Galaxy 2.0, how they all work with each other, you can do so in several different ways. You can get at us on Twitter or Instagram at TankedUpCast. You can email us at TankedUp... Uh, no, TankedUpCast Cast. at gmail gmail.com. Yes. Yeah, that what, one. I, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I got no idea. You seemed um, real confused. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. at Nova underscore forty seven on almost all of the things on the platforms that I use. Adol, you are at the OmniArc on all of the platforms that you use. Uh you can also go oh Go ahead. I just have an extra plug. Okay. You should also go to outoflives.net to read other articles, listen to the other podcasts. And go to the YouTube page to look at our beautiful faces and see us in see the podcast in video form. You can see our beers then. When we say it's a black beer, you can yeah. look at it and go, mm, it's not as black as I think it is. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I also have recently guested on the Prince Track by Track podcast that I've now forgotten the actual title to because I'm the worst. Um uh, and so you can hear my opinions on a couple of tracks. This week's episode, um, or today's episode, was on. Uh, fuck, I'm the worst. I'm just gonna <laughs> look it up. Look Feel it up free now. to cut this part, or or just make everyone wait. However, um, it, it, wait, wait, wait. The Prince Track by Track podcast, as in Prince's complete the the artist Prince, the musician yes. Prince. So, Right, so this the reason why I, I was flubbing things is because the print it's the entire discography of Prince, <gasps> fifteen minute, fifteen to twenty minutes on each track. Oh, ever. I need this podcast. Oh, I can't believe I didn't tell you about this. Yeah, yeah. But also, right now, it's doing a Stevie Wonder side project. <laughs> okay. And so I guessed it on um, "Sweet Little Girl," uh, which is album fourteen from Music of so it's track four from Music of My Mind. Uh, which is the fourth track of Sweet Little Girl. Uh, and we talk for 15, 20 minutes about um, Sweet Little Girl by Stevie Wonder. Uh, you can also find the podcast. It's called, um, it's at Stevie by Wonder. Um, and it is the Stevie Wonder tracks, uh, track by track from 1971 to 1976, the golden age of Stevie Wonder. Uh, and I, although I've been on two, Three different episodes, but the first one just came out. Nice. Uh, I am a mild Stevie Wonder fan, uh, so it was an interesting thing to be like, yeah, I don't know a lot of the history, but like, let me tell you what I read on this track. And I don't know the last time I've had to talk for 15 to 20 minutes about a song. <laughs> uh, it was real fun. Uh, and, nice. and Darren's great. Um, so uh, check out the Stevie Wonder side project on Prince by Prince, but also a Prince 
track by track, but also, if you haven't already checked it out, Darren's been doing that project for ages. Most of it's done. I think it might all be done. Uh, so if you like Prince or Stevie Wonder, check out that podcast uh, and enjoy. I imagine that's all of my podcasts listening from now until Christmas. Done. Just just set. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to set it in. Fucking I love yeah. Prince. So that's it, I suppose, from us for this week. <laughs> Everyone should think uh, yeah. about everything that we've talked about, but mostly to go and listen to Prince. And Stevie Wonder. And Stevie Wonder, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Do Stevie's those great. Bye. Ciao. Oh, sorry, right. Video ciao. <laughs> 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 www.outoflives.net.